0: Hello, and welcome to Breaking Ground, Real Estate Insights from Eisner Amper. I'm Kristen Lewis, and our guest today is Michael Torhan, a tax partner in Eisner Amper's Real Estate Services Group. Today, we'll discuss Qualified Improvement Property, or QIP, and how the CARES Act has impacted the depreciation recovery for certain qualifying improvements to property. Michael, thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, Kristen. Thank you for having me today to discuss these changes to the law.
0: Before we dive in too deep, can you give us the backstory on QIP? Where did the depreciation rules stand before this legislation and how has the CARES Act altered it?
1: Uh, QIP was originally defined in the Internal Revenue Code uh, as a result of the Protecting Americans from Tax Act or what was called the PATH Act of 2015. definition of QIP has historically been any improvement to an interior portion of a non-residential building if the improvement was placed in service after the date uh, the building was first placed in service. There were a few exclusions from the definition which are the enlargement of a building, any elevator or escalator work, uh, and the internal structural framework of a building. When QIP was originally defined, there were a few similar categories of assets, including one which was very well known, qualified leasehold improvements. If we fast forward a few years, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 eliminated some of these other categories and left QIP as one broad category covering improvements to the interior portion of non-residential property. At this time, the congressional intent was that QIP would have had a 15-year recovery period, and with a 15-year recovery period, bonus depreciation would have been available. Bonus depreciation, as many taxpayers know, is additional depreciation that's allowed for certain assets. And for example, assets with a recovery period of 20 years or less are eligible for bonus depreciation. Right, so Congress wanted QIP to have a 15-year recovery period and bonus depreciation would have been allowed. Unfortunately, due to a drafting error, the 15-year recovery period never made it into the law. And by default, a 39-year recovery period was assigned to QIP. As a result, QIP was not eligible for bonus depreciation from that time, right, from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act until now when the CARES Act was just passed. So the CARES Act, which is effective retroactively, made two main changes. First, a 15-year recovery period was assigned to QAP, which allows for a shorter depreciation recovery period. Or as I just mentioned, a bonus depreciation is now available. The second main change that the CARES Act made was that the definition of QIP was changed to include the words uh, made by the taxpayer. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, QIP covers uh, interior improvements to non-residential property. The reason that Congress included the words made by the taxpayer is that a taxpayer can't just purchase a new building and then call all of the interior improvements uh, QIP and take bonus depreciation, right? The improvements need to be made by the taxpayer in order to be called qualified
0: improvement property. So Michael, is all QIP equal under the CARES Act? And what are the guidelines for adjusting depreciation for different kinds of depreciable property?
1: those are two great questions. First, in terms of uh, whether all QAP is equal under the CARES Act, there's a couple of items that need to be noted here. As I mentioned, the changes are effective retroactively to the 2018 tax year, since that's when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act would have made it effective. Also, taxpayers may have made elections in the last two years, right? Since it's retroactive to 2018, taxpayers have already filed their tax returns for 2018 and some have already filed for 2019. Uh, so certain elections may not have been made by taxpayers uh, that would affect depreciation in one way or another. Uh, just to give you an example, a, a taxpayer might have made an election uh, to be a real property trader business. And a lot of taxpayers made that election to avoid the business uh, interest expense limitation. If you make that election, you are not subject to that interest expense limitation. However, the caveat is with that election, you're not eligible to take bonus depreciation on QIP. However, for for the taxpayers that have made or have not made those elections, uh, the IRS has released guidance uh, which allows taxpayers to now withdraw or or revoke certain elections, as well as make elections on a late basis. Uh, Generally, you have to make an election on a timely filed tax return. The IRS is now allowing taxpayers to make certain late elections. Uh, under the recent guidance. In regard to your second question regarding how uh, taxpayers may adjust depreciation for these changes. So uh, the IRS has also released guidance recently, uh, really giving a couple of options uh, for taxpayers. First, taxpayers have the opportunity to go back and amend uh, tax returns to make the changes. Or if taxpayers don't want to amend, taxpayers can also a file for what we call a change in accounting method, and the taxpayer would use Form 3.115 to essentially apply the changes on the current year tax return. Uh, so the taxpayer would look back to see how much depreciation was taken, uh, how much would have been taken uh, under the change rules. And that net adjustment would be made on a current year return in what's called a Section 481 adjustment. Which option a taxpayer chooses is really a business decision. And this is because of a number of factors to consider. For example, one may argue that if you amend a prior year tax return, uh, you could get cash flow benefits from prior years. However, amending prior year returns uh, may require additional tax reporting. Just to give you an example there, uh, if a partnership amends prior year returns, all of those partners will get amended K-1s, then they have to file amended tax returns as well. Uh, so clearly, there's an administrative cost for amending returns. So taxpayers really need to take you know, the various options uh, and really be, uh, weigh the pros and cons of each.
0: QIP's treatment in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was once referred to as the retail glitch, but this clarification seems to offer some significant tax savings for restaurant, retail, and hospitality businesses, among others. But given the effect of the pandemic on the economy and specifically these sectors in real estate, how do you see benefits playing out now?
1: You're correct. Unfortunately, the ongoing coronavirus pandemic has really had a detrimental impact on the economy and on many of these sectors that you mentioned. The restaurant, the retail, uh, the hospitality sectors uh, have really been hurt by uh, the, the pandemic. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, retail glitch uh, has been the nickname for a number of years uh, for this drafting error. But as we've been discussing, uh, there are many taxpayers in many industries that can benefit from the changes to the treatment of QIP. Industries such as the restaurant, retail hospitality industries uh, tend to make a, a lot of improvements to their interior spaces. Clearly, they have the opportunity to apply a uh, bonus depreciation to a lot of these improvements. But just from a general perspective, any taxpayer that owns or leases non-residential property uh, and makes improvements to that property uh, may be eligible to obtain tax benefits under the changes. Uh, just to give you an example, uh, an accounting firm that leases space in an office building, if that accounting firm undertakes a significant renovation of its space, it too may be able to recognize benefits uh, from the changes to qualified improvement property.
0: So many people could be affected by this. That's interesting. So when it comes to depreciation, of course, timing is everything. Now that this fixes in, when are the changes effective for tax reporting?
1: Kristen, you're you're right. Timing is important. Timing is really of the essence here uh, in regard to the changes. Like we discussed earlier, the changes under the CARES Act are retroactive to the 2018 tax year. The change really has the ability to provide for a significant uh, tax saving and cash flow. Uh, opportunity for taxpayers, bonus depreciation is one of the new uh, available tax benefits. And since a bonus depreciation is 100% of an asset cost, uh, taxpayers that had qualifying property in 2018 uh, and or 2019, the change can have immediate tax saving opportunities for those taxpayers. Just to give you an example, if you paid $100 for a qualifying improvement, you could take a write-off of $100 immediately. Whereas historically before the CARES Act, you would have had to depreciate that $100 Over 39 years, uh, when you add a couple of zeros that $100 that we mentioned, it could be a a big cash flow uh, and tax saving opportunity.
0: Oh, that that adds up pretty quickly. (laughs) And when you talk about cash flow, how do these changes impact it um, in the the broader picture?
1: Yeah, so additional depreciation or additional bonus depreciation you know both of those will allow for a decrease in taxable income you know for any taxpayers with qualifying property and as your taxable income goes down your tax liability will decrease as well and in turn that lets taxpayers retain more of their cash flow especially in this ongoing pandemic also to note is additional bonus depreciation may create net operating losses for certain taxpayers. So net operating losses are losses that are created for a taxpayer, essentially in effect, in excess of all their income. These net operating losses uh, can now be carried back for five years under the new provisions under the CARES Act. Before the CARES Act, they could only be carried forward due to changes that were made a couple of years ago. So now the taxpayers can carry back net operating losses for five years. Uh, taxpayers can utilize those losses Prior years, obtain refunds of taxes they already paid. So clearly, there's. Does- cash flow opportunities there from prior year taxes that they already paid. Another significant thing to note from these changes is for C-corporations. C-corporations are now taxed at a 21% tax rate. Historically, uh, C-corporations were taxed at 35%. So before the change to NOL uh, carryback periods, let's say a C-corporation would carry forward an NOL. So let's say a C-corporation had an NOL in 2019, it carried that forward to 2020, and it would get a 21% benefit, right? If at a $100 NOL, it'd get a $21 tax benefit in 2020. Now that a C-Corporation can carry back an NOL, it could possibly carry it back to a year where the rate was still 35%, and that $21 that we just spoke about would now be $35. Again, if we add a couple of zeros to the numbers, clearly the tax savings could be significant.
0: Wow. So what type of evaluation needs to be done to classify assets as QIP? So when we talk about QIP, The
1: broad definition, again, is interior improvements to non-residential property. So at first glance, it might seem like a pretty clear definition, but like I mentioned, there's certain exceptions that apply and certain taxpayers, may undertake very large renovation projects and allocating between what's qualifying, what isn't qualifying, that could certainly be a difficult process as well as a timely process, right? If a taxpayer is undertaking millions of dollars of renovations, going through all of those invoices and all of those budgets and descriptions could certainly be a time consuming process. Now is the time to start the process. Taxpayers should be in discussions you know, with their tax advisors really as soon as possible to start considering these opportunities. Another option to to consider is obtaining a cost segregation study. Uh, Kristen, historically, taxpayers have obtained these cost segregation studies uh, when they acquire new properties to allocate the, the purchase price between different types of improvements, whether it's the building, land improvement, furniture and fixtures, now, with these changes to qualified improvement property, taxpayers may want to consider cost segregation studies for renovations, uh, right? Being able to allocate a certain amount of renovations to qualified improvement property, like we said, taxpayers will be able to get
0: 100% bonus
1: appreciation if they qualify.
0: So, if I think I may be eligible for these tax benefits, what should my next step be?
1: So there's a couple of steps to consider now. The first of which is definitely starting an analysis of any improvements made. Like we've been talking about, uh, 2018 is the first year to consider. Uh, so taxpayers definitely want to go back and look at their fixed asset schedule, starting with 2018 tax year, to see if there's any improvements that may qualify. Taxpayers also want to think about whether they choose to amend or not to amend tax returns. Uh, like we mentioned, there's a couple of options that uh Uh, iris has provided to us in doing this analysis really initiating discussions with your internal accounting team uh, and your external tax advisor uh, are really important the analysis of quality improvement property is complex as are the requirements to implement the changes i feel like over the last couple of weeks we've been getting new guidance sometimes almost on a daily basis so Uh, certainly the requirements to implement these changes is quite complex and so those discussions should be on going on on an ongoing basis also we might not be talking about just analyzing your books and records you may be eligible uh, but you may have other investments such as joint venture deals Uh, so we need to talk with their accounting teams and their tax preparers as well Uh, to see if they need to be doing this analysis on their side. Here at Eisner Amper, we've definitely been working with many of our clients to start the process of analyzing improvements uh, as well as evaluating the different options and changes that may be possible uh, under the new guidance and in doing these analyses and these discussions, the tax and cash flow benefits are really readily apparent in many of these cases. Uh, So the the investment that needs to be made here to do the analysis and to have these discussions can certainly be rewarding for many taxpayers.
0: Michael, thank you so much for improving our understanding of qualified improvement property. And thank you for listening to Breaking Ground, real estate insights from Eisner Join us for our next podcast and visit eisnerriver.com slash RE for more real estate news.